let me get the recording happening. Hey, boys, how are you going? Uh, we're battling along. That's about all. So where are you, Maddie? What are you doing? I'm at home on a Saturday afternoon, a sunny afternoon, and there are no floods in sight, no COVID, and no World War Three. so I'm pretty happy at the moment. When you looked out the window when it was raining, was how far up was the water of such a place? Uh, it didn't actually come up. We've been lucky. Bathurst is sort of over the last month where other places have flooded. We've got a few drops of rain, but but nothing really heavy. The river's been up, but it hasn't, you know, it hasn't peaked or flooded. So we just seem to be in a nice part of the world at the moment, touch wood, to get enough rain and water, but no floods. Good stuff. And where are you now, Kevin? Right. Um well, the suburb of Mentone, which is down down Bayside, Melbourne, but uh, I've just been around at the athletic track, which is about a block away, um, just doing some uh, race walk time trials with a few others, and uh, we finished, and I'm back in the car. So <laughs> Good stuff. What about your exercise this month, Maddie? Uh, I'm going good. I'm exercising. I started about the 10th or 11th of January after two weeks of holidays, but I've exercised every single day since then. And uh, by the end of March, I will have, I'll have done 80 bouts of exercise, whether that's running, 5Ks, you know, Monday to Thursday, uh, a ride on Fridays, walks on the weekend, and the odd motorbike ride, which I count, um, not because it's got an engine, but the upper body work. So I'll hit 80 by the end of March, which for me is, you know, pretty good. And did you ride this morning? Mm-hmm. I had a motorbike ride. I normally walk, but the walk got cancelled and my brother said, you want to go for a ride? So I just changed that one. That was okay. That was good. So how, where'd you go? Oh, we do a loop. It's just a standard loop, about 100 k's around town and come back again. Oh, wow. Oh, we're out of town. I don't mean around town. Out, out of town and back again. So it takes, yeah, it takes about an hour or two. It's just nice, just a nice distance. And we do a lap at the Great Mount Panorama. And, uh, yeah. I absolutely love it. I ride around it really smoothly, but believe me, I could not go around it at a quarter of the pace of, you know, a motorcycle, a motorcycle, <laughs> a motorbike racer or uh, a car because I just can't go that fast. Well, I'll ask myself the same question. I had a really good summer swimming, Kevin. I've got, oh, um, I've got my swim time down for 1,500 metres from 39 minutes, and that was the first time I got in the water for about a year. Yeah, I'm down to consistently now 30, 33. Um, I can't get much faster, but I've learned how to push the uh-huh. arms through and stretch and hold and glide. Yeah, well, that, that makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you, you may remember, Maddie, um, Kevin, you've swum the English Channel, haven't you? Oh, it's uh, 12, 13 years ago now. Time wow, away. that is awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah, did a few other big swims as well along the way. But um, what yeah, possessed you? Now. What possessed you to do that? That's crazy. I, I don't know. It just seemed like just something that and a challenge at the time. So yeah, <laughs> off we went. And did you make? You know, of course, I'm guessing you made it and went okay. Yeah, yeah, we got got to the other. It was a bit of an ordeal. I had a rough day, pretty rough weather. Um, but we got to the other end, and um, that was about it. Um, it was it you were swim around Manhattan Island? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, 2017. That was the last big swim I ever did. I haven't swum much since. So and it's over four years now. Manhattan Island, I can't believe it. You've been there, Maddie. So have I. Imagine swimming yeah. around it. Oh, no, thanks. I'll leave that to Kevin. But... No, it was, it was um, afterwards, uh, just hanging around New York. I went up the, the observation deck of the Freedom Tower 
and you look down, you can see the entire course that you've swum right around the island. Uh, yeah, and that was good. <laughs> well, you, you're a better man than me, Gunga Din, because my brother and I one day went from England to France on the hovercraft and we hit waves about 15 metres from shore from England Ooh. and they were about 8 to 10 feet high and the hovercraft would just hit the wave and come to make this grinding sound like we're being grounded on dirt and almost stop and we knew from about two to maybe five minutes into the journey, like, we're in a lot of trouble here. The, yeah. hovercraft, the hovercraft did that all the way across the English Channel. The, oh, waitresses, the waitresses were walking around. There's only about six people on the whole ferry, probably because they read the weather report and thought, no, I'm not going to die tonight. I'll just stay in, you know, yeah. England. England. And they're offering drinks and snacks and like nothing's happening. And we were sitting there uh, packing it. And, you know, saying our prayers, like if we ever made it across the English Channel, it is the roughest, wildest thing I've ever done. And it was in a hovercraft and I don't even know how we lived, let alone someone <laughs> like you who swims across it. So you get uh, uh, all my uh, admiration for even attempting it. So, well, so tell, tell me, boys, how did you um, find the off-season? How's your team going, Storm? Um. Oh, I sort of switched. After the preliminary final last year, I'd well and truly switched off. That was a huge disappointment. Um, Craig Bellamy was, as uh, she said in the press last week, he doesn't know that he'll ever get over that loss. Wow. Um, well, I mean, it was the best sort of regular season. I know I'm using an American term there, ever. Highest points. Um, and Craig Bellamy said, well, you know, that we had, there were some real changes that really suited the team, much more than some other teams. He said it was the most winnable premiership they, that, that was ever on the plate last year. And then uh, the preliminary final, uh, yeah, that was embarrassing. Who, who beat him again? Sorry? Who beat the, him again? Uh, Penrith. Penrith. Yeah, only, right. by, only by four points. Um, but I, 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 you know, when you're the, hot, the hottest favourite in history, um, that's always, um, I think, the pre, all the pressure's on you then. I had a bad feeling before the game. Uh, and when George Jennings was given a cutout pass, all he had to do was walk across line score early in the game and he dropped the ball with no one around him. I thought, oh, here we go. Then before the 10-minute mark, we lost Brandon Smith and Christian Welsh, two very key players, to head knocks and they weren't allowed to come back on under the protocols. And I basically gave up. At the 10-minute mark of the first half, I thought, we're going to lose this, and we did. And 15 drop balls was just embarrassing. I've never seen anything so bad. Geez, you remember the stats. What about yeah, your pre- I- I just remember the 15 drop balls. That was just, I've never, I just kept dropping the ball all the time. Look what's going on. Wow. Anyway. Well, welcome to Manly, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's we, a we nice do. segue for Maddie. Off you no, go. no, we, <laughs> do, we do that crap every single week. And that's why we're only fourth or fifth and we're not even that good. And that's why Melbourne is that good, to be fair, because they're that well drilled. But I'm just going to back up mm. what Kevin said about the storm. It's interesting to hear that Bellamy said it was, you know, the greatest or most winnable premiership ever, but the Storm didn't play well in that game and Penrith played as well as they could. So, you know, they Mm. did make the mistakes. It was self-inflicted, but Penrith played well enough to beat them, you know, last year, whereas the year before, they didn't start well in the grand final. Had it gone Mm. five minutes longer, they'd have actually won the year before as well. But definitely the Storm are... The benchmark because they don't make those mistakes. They just they're just so consistent and so methodical 
which is why mm. you've got to admire them. And teams like us, Manly's a good example. We got absolutely smacked by the Panthers the other night. And again, yeah. all the turnovers, it wasn't due to the Panthers' brilliance, although they played really well. We just did it to ourselves. We made, I counted one mistake every two minutes, almost for the whole game. You can't even beat, you know, the Tigers like that. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I, I've been listening to um, Six Tackles with Gus. They've changed the program a bit, but they had this great trivia question this week. You'll love this one. I won't make. I won't. I won't pretend it's a question yet. Question is what the question was, but they said Bellamy is the coach who's won the most first games of the season, and I think yeah. they said yeah. it's. I think it's seventeen or eighteen. Nineteen. Nineteen. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well done. But he also said, "Who's the second best?" Now, who would you reckon that would be? Um. Oh, as a coach. Yeah, as a coach, who's the second? What second best number of first wins of the season? Oh. Um. I'll give you one oh. tip. It's a big number. It's four. Well, it's fourteen. Oh, it's got to be Bennett for sure. Bennett's too obvious an answer. This has got to be a trick question. Uh, <laughs> mm. Trent Robertson would be my next guess. No. Yes, no, he's been coaching bit. for seventeen seasons. No. Um. Oh, let's have a think now. Um, what about you, Maddie? You thinking? Jack no, I'm not. Go on. Come on. You've got to try and work it out too. Jack what? Gibson. No, not Jack. You've got to have a guess, Matt, then I'll give you the answer. Who do you reckon? Well, I, you know, it sounds – and it's not because he's a Manly coach, but I go Des Hasley. His stats are pretty good over his lifetime, but Manly hasn't won a first-round game for about 19 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. actually, the answer is Ricky Stewart. He's won 14 – out oh. of 17, and he's oh. gone to 14 out of 18, and now he's gone 15 out of 19 wow, after last no. night. I never would have picked it, no. No, either would have no. I. How's that? No. No, that's good. Well, good on him. Well, it was a bit of a trick. <laughs> All right, here's a question for you. I've been, I've been, I've been really fortunate with Parramatta Reels. There's this group of people that put together the Cumberland Throw, and for whatever reason, they've been able to go to games, um, trial matches and training, and they've been sort of – they report on how the training's going all through the season and obviously they keep confidentiality when they go into sort of moves and things like that. But they've got this nice little approach to um, how they've wrapped up the season, want to see how the season's going. So I'm going to try it here with us. So I'm going to give them the credit for it. So I'm mm -hmm. going to ask you, where's your team going to finish, okay, this year? And then I'm going to ask you, what, who, who's going to be a bolter, okay? And I'm going to ask you, who's going to falter? Okay. Mm. All right. So have you, had, have you had a chance to think what's your instinctive response, either of you? Your team first. What do you reckon, Maddie? How's Manly going to go? Okay. Uh, after the first game with Penrith, we left off uh, – well, we've started this year exactly where we left off last year. Uh, and we're not a top four team. We'd be lucky to be fifth or sixth, but on our day we could be a good fifth or sixth but we don't have the discipline exactly how we started this conversation about the storm. And Des Hasler said before the game, because they asked him, you know, what were we looking for? Good start to the season, all of that stuff. But more or less, he said, Manly's problems were self-inflicted. I counted when you put them all together, just not individual errors like dropping the ball, but like knock-ons and bad passes and all the things together. I counted 20 errors. We're not going to beat anyone in the top four. And we'll be lucky to beat any other team at that rate. 
So Manly's Manly will make the eight, but I tell you what, uh, if other teams improve and a few teams have recruited well this year, like say the Sharks, I think uh, Canberra's going to be all right. Maybe the Titans, even the Broncos, St George, we might find it a real struggle if we don't find some early form and just stop the mistake rate. So fourth, uh, not no, not fourth, sorry, fifth or sixth at the very best. Okay, what about the Storm? Uh, top four. Yeah. Uh, never ride off the storm. Uh, people write them off every year when they lose two or three key players, um, but they just keep staying up there. But, yeah, I'd expect them to be top four, definitely. Yeah, well, I, I was prepared to put Parramatta top four, but I'm going to actually say they're going to make the grand final. I'm going to say that. Oh, geez. Wow. I'm that. prepared to say that. I, I might be any my words in eight months' time or six months' time. Well, they usually have a good first half of the season and um, – Earn favouritism, the Eels, and then uh, the second half they drop off. That's traditional, isn't it? <laughs> we'll put it this way. With the team they've got <laughs> and the team that will change in 2023, they've got to do it this year, I think. Yeah. Well, well can I back up both of those? I definitely think the Storm will be at, oh, easy top four, probably top three. And I think the Eels will be the big bolters this year. I'm expecting mm. them... Provided, and again, this is provided, you know, you don't get major, you know, injuries or losses. I, I could see them making a grand final this year if they put it together. All right. Sounds good. I won't mm. argue with that. Who's your Big bolter, state. Kevin? Who's the bolter? I think the Canterbury Bulldogs are going to surprise a lot of people this year. Mm. Um, yeah, they, were, they weren't much last year. but Yeah, mm. yeah well, it's actually interesting listening to Phil Gould about them today. Um, that wasn't my original bolter, but I think mm. there's a bit of bit in that. Now, what I'm nervous about the game with the Eels tomorrow night. I think the the bolter's going to be the Titans. Titans. Oh. Yeah, I don't think, I'm not yeah. saying they're going to get into the eight or the, the four or anything, but I think that it's going to really make a, a good impression this year. Mm. So, well, they're the strongest Queensland team. Well, last year they were, yeah. and I mean, there's no reason they shouldn't be this year. Everyone's you know giving all these accolades to the Broncos early because, you know, they've improved and, you know, they might go close to making the eight, but they've got a hell of a long way to go. The Titans were already in the eight and they've recruited, I think they've got most of their, you know, ex-players and a couple more. So you'd think they could hold on to an eighth spot there somewhere or a seventh. Okay. So who's going Mm. to fault? Who's going to sort of not do as well as we think they're going to go? Oh, this is, you know, this is a tricky one, but I think, Tigers will be rubbish, no offence, but they've got nowhere to go. They could surprise me. But I think the Bulldogs will really struggle because, and I don't think it's actually uh, their players because they've recruited well, but they're going to struggle due to Barrett's coaching. He's won something like, they said it the other day, and I can't give you the exact figures, but it's like, you know, 13 or eight or nine games out of the last 45. It's dreadful. So, and maybe... And or the Cowboys. They'd be my three picks. Yeah, so I, I've taken the angle that I'm sort of expecting those teams not to do well, so I don't see them as dropping off. Um, I mm. So I, I'm actually leaning towards, but mind you, just looking to my right, Newcastle are leading 16-2 against the Roosters Whoa. at the moment. Oh, was, really? <laughs> yeah, so I'm, um, I'm actually going to stick <laughs> with, um, I think the people that will, the team will drop off will be, the Knights, and I'm reluctantly saying that because I just think there's too much dependence on Ponga. 
and they're, they're, they're two young halfbacks coming through, halfbacks and five eights, haven't played a lot of games. So I think they might falter, even though people are saying they've got potential. Mm. So what about you, Kevin? Who do you reckon um, falter? I was thinking um, the Dragons and the Roosters are my picks to wow. that go down. Yeah. And, and why the Roosters? Uh, why the Roosters? Oh, yeah. Even last year, you could start, I just felt that you could see it. I just felt they were dropping off. Um, they weren't that powerhouse. They were in, in 2018 and 2019. I'm not saying that based on what you told me, but uh, yeah, yeah. They're down 16 2, that's a bit of a worry. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's still early days. It's way too early to know what's what's going on. I, I don't pay a lot of attention to um, to the the wins and losses in the lead up to the Origin series. It seems to me um, after it's after the Origin series, the teams that play well there are the ones that are the contenders. Yeah, that's um, right. Plus, on top of that, you've got, I think it was last year, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was about five rounds in before it all settles down because in the first Mm. couple of games, teams win that you don't expect and lose that you don't expect. That happens for the first, you know, two to three weeks. But I think by about round five, there was a gravitational split of where there was, you know, eight sort of top sides and eight bottom sides. And I don't think that's changed. I haven't looked it up, but I think that was pretty right. So you sort of need... I reckon three or four games to get a handle on, like the Sharks got beaten by Canberra, but that doesn't mean after five rounds they're not a top eight side. But I tell you what, if they lose another two or three more, they're not going to be. Mm. All right, then. Tell me who you think is going to get the wooden spoon. Sorry, well, that was my last pick. Um, I I got that one wrong. I said Tigers, Cowboys and uh, the Bulldogs. I meant for the wooden spoon. All right, so who's your falter? My falter is, I, I do agree with Kevin, I don't think the Roosters will be anywhere near as strong as everyone thinks. I think St George will actually be stronger. They'll go up. I can't see anyone really making great improvements um, outside of um, Penrith, uh, the Eels, if they do it, which I think they will, and the Storm. Mm. I think everyone else is actually going to struggle or find it hard or even if they make the eight. They're just not going to win it. So a lot of teams aren't going to produce the goods this year. Lots. Right. Mm. Sounds good. Wooden spoon, Kevin? Wooden spoon. I'll flip a coin between the Cowboys and the Tigers. Wow. That, that, that was Pro- my choice too. I was yeah. just arming and arming. Yeah. And I'd probably lean towards the Tigers as the as the wooden spoon. Um, <laughs> they're going nowhere really. <laughs> God right. save Madge. Madge yeah. is going to be the first coach sacked according to this panel. Well, oh, I really? tell you what, that, that was my next question. What's the what have who what coaches are under the pump? Well, Madge is well, one. Who else? Definitely. Um, yeah. I think no. it's St. George. Right, really? Griff, yeah. Griffo, yeah. No, I think I think he'll be all right, but I think Barrett's under the pump. If he if he doesn't make them, you know, get out of that bottom four. He won't last the season. Yeah. Madge won't last the season. And if the Cowboys fail again, which they could because they've only got, you know, one or two really big names, Peyton will be on the line as well. Wow, wow. All mm. right. So one final question. To be an immortal, do you have to have won a grand final? Oh, hell no. I've seen that many um, great players over the years that, you know, won bugger been- all. Yeah, but I bet as an immortal, they've all all the ones I could think of. I'm actually I'm I'm actually thinking of you, Matty, about it being a fantastic player. If Turbo can't win a, a grand final, 
would he be eligible to be an immortal? Well, oh, no, no yeah. if that's the criteria, but if they have done other things, like he's won State of Origins and been, a, you know, sometimes the reason for winning the State of Origin, if he then also plays for Australia, you know, you would have good credentials otherwise. I don't think you have to win a grand final to be that sort of calibre of player, but I would say it certainly helps. What about you? What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, oh, it certainly helps. But no, I just think, look at the AFL or before the AFL became the AFL, we had the VFL, but they were, and, and they didn't have salary caps. So we, there were absolute, some st- absolute star players in some very ordinary teams for their entire career. Yeah. So, um, yeah, some of our greatest, you know, triple Brownlow medalists uh, played in bottom sides. Um, and they're legends of the game. Um, Bob Skilton's probably the greatest rover ever. Um, he played one finals game for one loss in his entire career. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's well, good evidence. Yeah. I like your evidence, Kevin. That's great. Uh, Kevin, go, Kevin, Tom, Kevin, go, Tommy Turbo. I, I think all the morsels we've had so far have won grand finals. I could be corrected. I heard this conversation yeah. about um, uh, Tommy and they reckon that they were saying, you know, the litmus test of being a great player is you've actually, even if you're not the best in the best team, that you can actually get your team to a grand final. And they actually yeah. were saying that about um, Thurston because Thurston was sort of the reserve yeah. in 2004 and and they think that if he didn't win the grand, I'm not, I don't even know if he's going to be an immortal, but you know oh, what I mean? Definitely. Because he won the grand final and look how they've gone afterwards since he's gone. But I, yeah. I would have had Thurston as a mortal. He's a good example. I would have had yeah. him as an immortal had he never won. That guy, that guy's just, uh, you know, uh, a one-off. Uh, yeah, he was a magician. An yeah. outstanding player. And the games that he won for Queensland and for Australia, and, yes, of course, the Cowboys and a grand final, but even if they never won a grand final, because you saw what happened after he left. There, there will, there's nothing much left after mm. that. All right, then. Is that, I, I'm going to stop the recording now. We can still chat afterwards and swear if we want to. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Fabulous. Is there anything you want to add, Maddie or, or, or Kevin, about you know, the first first week of the season? Oh, no, I'm just looking forward to seeing the storm tonight. I, I travelled to country Victoria for their two trial games. Yeah. Um, yeah, we picked up some good – Nick Meaney from the Bulldogs and Xavier Coates from, um, from Brisbane. Uh, they both did very well in the trials. Cameron Munster looked good. Um, yeah, so just looking forward to tonight. And then, of course, Thursday night, we get a, our first first home game for the year, and it's only the sixth home game in three years. Oh, wow, because that's of big. COVID, so, because they'll be yeah. on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. Uh, two, two things for me. In the off-season, I, I just hope Jake Arthur gets a chance um, on his merits because I think he seems like a good player. Um, and. Mm. I like that. And the other thing that I'm really enjoying, I just watched the um, East Newcastle NRLW game. I tell you what, the women's game is pretty impressive at the moment. And we shouldn't be surprised at that, but geez, I'm really enjoying that and the television coverage of it. So I'm looking Mm. forward to that. Now I've got two lots of games to watch on the weekend for the Eels. No, great. That's good. No, well, (laughs) I agree with you about the uh, NRLW. I think, you know, some of their games uh, uh, are great to watch and it's a more... As I've said before many times, I think it's a purer form of the game because they're not mm. trying to get those little one percenters and niggle the referee. I think the women play it in better spirit. But to answer your question about what I'm looking forward to, so yes, that will probably be part of it. But I drove back. I had to just drive out to Oberon and back and just meet my daughter as she was coming through today. And as I drove out and drove back, I had the footy on the radio 
Is there yeah. anything better than that? You're driving along <laughs> in the country, the wind's blowing in your hair, the sun's out, and you switch on the radio, even if it's not your team, and you're getting the broadcast. God, I love that. You know what, Maddie? <laughs> I wish I knew, because guess who's in Oberon? Nick, oh, and, I... Nick and Beth are in Oberon for a wedding. Oh, you're kidding me. I could have seen them at the same yeah, time. They had a seven-hour trip from Sydney to Oberon. They got there at 11.30 because, last Because of night. the traffic? Because of the landslide up at Mount Victoria. Oh, they letting cars good. through at five, five minutes at a time. And with the floods wow, over on the Bells Liner Road, it was yeah. close. So people are quite literally, they're talking about going home via Goulburn all through the Hunter Valley. God almighty, wow. that's massive. Yeah. Anyway, I'll wrap up the recording now. Uh, we'll we'll I'll close. We'll stay. Don't go anywhere. I want to keep chatting, but um, <laughs> but I'll stop recording. Good on you guys. Thanks a lot. And we might be able to keep this up in the coming weeks if we yeah. want to. Yeah, it's great. Thank All you. Right, yeah. well, no worries, guys. In. I'll see you soon.